It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. It's Locked On Vikings. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Apologies for a late show today. Seriously, my bad. Not enough hours in the day. Wish this would have been out earlier, but sometimes things happen, things come up, and today is going to be a little shorter and a little later in the day. We'll have Sage Rosenfels back on tomorrow, I promise. We wanted to get in touch with Christian Garrick, who is the host of Locked on Saints. We were two ships in the night today. Couldn't connect with him. Hopefully, we can find time next week and review the game with him, talk about Viking Saints a little bit. But today is going to be Mainly a shameless plug pointing you towards some work that I've got up at Zone Coverage, which I think you might enjoy, two pieces, and one of which digs a little more deeply into the question that Sage and I have been pondering. How is Adrian Peterson going to be utilized for the New Orleans Saints? And I took into account three factors in this deep dive. Number one, Adrian Peterson is a slow starter in the regular season. And you can trace that back to the year he stopped participating in preseason games. For the first five years of Peterson's career, he was playing in the preseason. He was getting reps and he was doing well in those games. And he got into a rhythm for the regular season and it showed with three consecutive years to start his career with a 100-plus yard game right out of the gate. In the five years since his torn ACL, he has not participated in the preseason and the results have showed that he's a little rusty. His, his average yards per carry, when he gets preseason reps, 5.8. When he doesn't get preseason reps, 3.7 in week one games. That's over two yards worse. Now, the caveat here, Peterson kind of, sort of did participate in this preseason. He had six carries for 15 yards in the third preseason game. Is that going to be enough to shake the rust off? I don't know. I don't know if it is. Because he's still got to learn this offense. He's got to feel comfortable in what he's doing from a protection standpoint. He's got to know which holes are going to be where. And I'm not convinced that that rust is going to be completely shaken off for a 32-year-old running back. Secondly, the Saints are not an abundant running team. And Mike Zimmer emphasized this today. He emphasized it on Tuesday. He said the Saints offense is really not that different. They've been running the same scheme for years and years and the evidence can be meted out if you look at their run-pass ratio. They have run the ball like clockwork roughly 25 times per game for the last four years on average. Now that that is more of a macro calculation. They're running it 400 times a year, give or take 10, and that's consistent year to year. They're going to run it right around 400, and that averages out to about 25 games. So let's just treat that as fact and say there's 25 carries. 
Well, you're going to give some to Mark Ingram. He's making $5 million this year. Of course you're going to give some to Mark Ingram. So he might get 10 to 15. Alvin Kamara, by all accounts, is going to be involved, maybe more so in the passing game, maybe more in special teams. But he's going to get some work in the offense. So that leaves maybe 10 carries for Adrian Peterson. I really don't see him being a featured back on Monday. I think he's going to come in, be a change of pace, give Ingram a break. But there isn't a whole lot of proof that he's going to come in and stick it to the Vikings. Now, I think he could change the narrative if he comes out and has one explosive run, as he's been prone to do. He's got 22 touchdowns in his career of 30 yards or more. But even though the Vikings' run defense hasn't been that great in the Mike Zimmer era, they have been pretty good at avoiding explosive plays allowed. They were 8th best in the league a couple years ago at denying explosive plays of 10 yards or more on the ground. Last year, they were 14th best. So upper half of the league in reducing those long runs. I'm still of the opinion Adrian Peterson will not quote-unquote, stick it to the Vikings, as he claimed. And he had a conference call with reporters just a few minutes ago, actually, and as Brian Murphy tweeted, I thought nicely, he sort of relitigated the end of his time in Minnesota. He was claiming that the Vikings were telling him that he shouldn't try to come back late in that season, that he should just slowly rehab, get ready for OTAs, and that Peterson took it upon himself to spend his own money to rehab harder and get back for that Colts game. So he's defending himself for sure. He also thinks he's going to be applauded on Monday. I tend to agree. I think Adrian Peterson will be cheered rather than jeered. All you have to do is go and look at his Twitter mentions. Everybody loves Adrian Peterson, or at least 9 out of 10. And the segment of people that are saying, no, Adrian needed to go... Adrian Warald is welcome in Minnesota. I think sometimes on Twitter it can become an echo chamber. Lots of intelligent people have that opinion. People that are very close to the team who have been studying the cap and have been studying his, his efficiency declining the past few years. And if you dig deeply, people that are most impartial, I think, are seeing it most clearly that, yeah, Adrian Peterson uh, is gone. It's a good thing he's gone. Fans understand that. But I think the common fan, someone who's maybe not diving quite so deeply into the situation, they're going to miss Adrian Peterson. They miss number 28 jerseys and the explosiveness and the excitement that he brought. They don't really pay attention quite as much to the cap situation or the declining yards per carry or the pass blocking deficiencies. Those are a little, a little below the surface. I think generally people still love Adrian, and I think he gets cheered, at least at the beginning maybe even a standing O. And once the game commences, I think he's just a member of the opposition. Second item I want to bring to your attention, Kyle Sloter. You might be asking, who is Kyle Sloter? Well, he's the new practice squad quarterback. Vikings brought in a third quarterback when they waived Taylor Heineke. They bring in Kyle Sloter from Northern Colorado. UNC, not to be confused with the Tar Heels. UNC. And the story that I posted is really a fascinating tale of Sloter being a college-wide receiver for three years. And not because he wanted to be, but because he felt it was the only way for him to play. 
He was in a bad situation at Southern Miss where the coaches didn't like him. He wanted to be on the field, so he basically volunteered to be a wide receiver. Then the coaches take away his scholarship. He transfers to Northern Colorado, an FCS school. And he says, I want to be a quarterback. They said, all right. So they bring him in, and they switch him to wide receiver. So he had some really tough circumstances and then eventually got his break as a senior when Jacob Nipp, the quarterback, went down and Sloter filled in, had a wonderful year, 29 TDs, 10 interceptions, got the undrafted free agent contract with Denver, got cut by John Elway. And he was not shy in calling out John Elway in this interview. He, he told me that, you know, I felt like I was loved by the team and loved by the fans And he had a great preseason, by the way. No interceptions, two touchdowns, 70% passer. But he said the only guy who didn't like me was the GM, John Elway. And Elway came out to reporters and tried to defend himself for cutting Sloter. And that's a team in Denver without really a clear-cut path at quarterback. Not sure which direction they're going to go long-term. Sloter would have been an intriguing developmental option. But they denied Sloter that chance. He signs a big practice squad contract in Minnesota, and now he's here. And he's a fascinating prospect, and it might be the Vikings sort of sort of starting over. They had Taylor Heineke in the fold for three years. One of those was a rehab year for him, but it wasn't great for Heineke. Now that they've had three years of seeing Heineke, maybe they feel like it's time to go in a different direction. And Sloter could be that new direction. Heineke was small, diminutive. Sloter is big, 6'5", 218, with a big arm, effortless release. Maybe he needs to uh, hone in the accuracy a little bit. But he brings something to the table that a lot of quarterbacks don't. He looks at it from a wide receiver's perspective. And there's a quote about that in the story, zonecoverage.com, where he explains how it helps him be a quarterback by being a former receiver. So you can read about Peterson, you can read about Sloter on the website where I write, zonecoverage.com, on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Say Drosenfels, the co-hosts on tomorrow's show, where we will have NFL predictions for the weekend. And for the record, Patriots-Chiefs tonight, I'm going with the Chiefs to cover the nine-point spread, but the Patriots to win 26-21 to over Kansas City as the Patriots begin their title defense with yet another opening day win. My name's Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for listening to The Shorter Show. Apologies that it's later in the day. Be back with you in the morning. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.